What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Wizards podcast. I believe this is episode 18, and this is going to be a strictly trade deadline heavy episode. I'm recording this on Tuesday, February 6th. I think I should be have it. I should release it on on the 7th tomorrow. Um, so a lot obviously can change between when I'm recording this now and, and a day later when I post this. Uh, but where the real change is going to happen is Thursday. We've had reports throughout the week from guys like Woj and Shams and Bobby Marks of ESPN that this this might be one of the most uh, boring deadlines, a pretty dead deadline. You know, Woj saying on his podcast that he's not hearing much in terms of you know star movement, um, and and we'll get into rumors like that as well as you know rumors on on the five guys I think could potentially be moved from the Wizards at this deadline. This is going to be an episode, you know, not for. For me to necessarily say, I think this guy's going to be traded um, and here's the package. It's going to be, I don't know if this guy's going to be traded or not, but here is the the info and here's the knowledge. Just try to keep you guys updated and, and in the loop in terms of what to expect um, on Thursday um, at the trade deadline. So if you don't know, the NBA trade deadline is taking place Thursday, February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that means at 3 p.m., no other trades can be made. And, and look... We've seen in the past that even beyond 3 p.m., there are trades that were in agreement prior to the deadline and just aren't released in terms of details uh, until after. So even when the clock strikes three, some stuff could potentially still happen. We don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, there are there are five Wizards at this point um, that I think could be on the move. And, and look, the Wizards are probably amongst the top sellers at this trade deadline, you know, when you're a rebuilding team, especially in year one of your rebuild, you traded off your your two best players, Bradley Beal and Chris Esporzingis, uh, last offseason. You brought in a lot of picks and a lot of young talent, but you also, to match salaries, brought in a bunch of expiring deals. When you're rebuilding, those expiring deals are either going to get shipped off for draft capital and compensation, or they're going to walk for free in free agency. So you want to move as many of those expiring assets as you can. For the Wizards, that means Tyus Jones, that means DeLon Wright, and that means Landry Shamit. We've already seen Mike Muscala and Danila Ganari, two very old expiring contracts, get moved for Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, and a multiple second-round picks. This is something that that I could definitely see happening in the in the future for the Wizards. Um, and it, it look, it all starts with Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones, if I had to rank the players on the Wizards most likely to be traded, he'd far and away be number one. Uh, and here's why. Tyus Jones is is averaging a career season. He's averaging 12.2 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, shooting almost 40% from three, and, of course, leads the NBA in assist turnover ratio like he's done each of the last four seasons. He's a career backup. He's shown he can come off the bench in that role. Uh, Maybe the best backup point guard the last two years backing up John Morant in Memphis. This is a guy that's going to be coveted highly by a bunch of contending teams. Teams that maybe have those those couple guards to start off the game, but need that floor general to keep it going when, when, when their starting point guard comes out. According to Mike Scotto of Hoopsype, great follow on Twitter. I, I recommend reading his stuff. Um, he reported that the teams interested in Tyus Jones are as follows. Orlando, Minnesota, the Los Angeles Lakers, 
San Antonio Spurs and Brooklyn Nets. I don't I don't really understand the Spurs and the Nets being buyers here. I feel like if you're a team's going to acquire Jones, it's kind of for a half year rental. It means you're contending. Brooklyn is so far lost. I have no idea what they're trying to do. I think they're like eight or nine games under 500 and seemingly aren't sellers. And actually, from this, looks like they might be buyers. Uh, this makes no sense. I don't think Brooklyn's even in play. San Antonio, again, they have Trey Jones, who I feel like is going to develop into a pretty similar player like Tyus. I, Tyus doesn't fit their timeline. I, it just that that makes no sense either. The Lakers, the Magic, and and the the Timberwolves are the three teams that I would look for here. I'd honestly even throw in Philly, if I'm being real, because I feel like with Tyrese Maxey, you have a great starter, but you really can't go with the Anthony Melton as your backup point guard in the playoffs. I feel like he's more of a two guard. But that's besides the point. I don't think San Antonio and Brooklyn are in play. At least three teams. I think a Lakers package would have to include that 2029 first round pick, and I feel like They'd much rather package that for a guy like Deontay Murray. You just you know, that's really the only asset they have in terms of draft capital that they can trade, and and moving that for Ty's Jones, I I think Jones is great, but I don't think he moves the needle much for them if that's the only guy they're getting back. Um, so I I don't think the Lakers are necessarily in play either, um, unless it's for a bunch of second round picks. That leaves Minnesota and Orlando, and I think I've seen a lot of Orlando fans commenting, "We need Tyus Jones." I I don't I don't necessarily get it. I mean, you have Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, uh, Cole Anthony. You know, you you have a bunch of guys, Franz Wagner, even um, like, and you just drafted Anthony Black. I I feel like they have a plethora of of point guards and. I don't think Jones makes sense for them. I think they might need help elsewhere, but I just don't see it with Tyus Jones. This is this is why I think Minnesota makes the most sense. Minnesota has needed a backup point guard for a while. They have Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards in that backcourt, but not much else after that. Um, you know, they got Troy Brown Jr. as one of their backup guards. I know that. Um but apart from him, it's not much depth in that guard position. Uh, trading for Dice Jones, bringing him back to Minnesota, the place where he began his career, would make a ton of sense for them. Minnesota has some assets they could give us. It was reported by, I forget who reported it. He rescinded the report afterwards, but he said Tyus Jones, um, the, the Timberwolves offered four first round picks, or sorry, four second round picks for Tyus Jones, and the Wizards declined it. I don't know how much I want to buy into that. Obviously, he said that his source um, took back that claim. So, Leave that as you will, but I think if you're looking at Tyus Jones, I think it's or I think it's Minnesota or it's Philadelphia and and maybe New York if it, if it's a multiple layer trade. Um, but again, I I do think Tyus Jones gets dealt, and my 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 pick would be either Minnesota or Philadelphia. Can the Wizards get a first round pick? That's the real that's the real ask here. Can the Wizards get a first round pick for Tyus Jones? They're gonna milk it. They're going to try to to hold out as, as long as they can. Uh, but I think Michael Winger and Will Dawkins understand what's at stake here. If you get four second-round picks and that's the best you can get, you got to take it and run. Tyus is, is not a part of this team's future. Um, he's an expiring deal. He'll be a free agent. I doubt he'll resign. 
it just it makes sense to move on from him. And look, obviously you want to get a first, but I would be content with with multiple seconds. It's got to be a lot though. I don't want two seconds for Tyus. I think it'll be three or four seconds for Tyus. But you know, the longer this holds out, the more I'm skeptical of the fact that the Wizards can get a first round pick for Jones. Moving on. That brings us to the other point guard on the trade block, DeLon Wright. DeLon signed a two-year, $16 million deal two off-seasons ago. Um, I actually wanted Tyus Jones instead of DeLon at that time, but Tyus re-signed with Memphis. I also wanted Oladipo. He went to the Heat. So DeLon re-signed here, and he's been great. Um, awesome defensively. You know, can contribute at times offensively. The only downside is how injury-plagued his time here in D.C. has been. The last two seasons, he's missed a really big chunk of the first part of the season uh, with hamstring injuries. I think it was a, a knee sprain that caused him to miss at least a month this year. Um, but he's the perfect addition for contending teams that need perimeter defenders. And in a league that doesn't defend the three-point line, it seems, right now, I feel like a lot of teams could use DeLon's services. Um Unfortunately, for the Wizards, like I mentioned, injuries have depleted DeLon's value, uh, but I still think they can get something in return. I absolutely no chance they get a first for, for DeLon, but I do think a second is, is definitely reasonable. Maybe you can entice a team to give you multiple second-round picks. I mean, Montrezl Harrell got the Wizards, I think, one or two second-round picks, and they got like Ish Smith back. I feel like his value is kind of similar at that time to DeLon's now. Um, and I feel like he, he's an asset that a lot of contenders could use. So I I, I don't know with DeLon if it's optimal to just trade him off for another second-round pick or to keep him around as a veteran presence. It seems like everyone likes him on the team. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong here. Obviously, he's an expiring deal. He won't be back. Some teams uh, that are uh, listed as interested in, as in uh, DeLon Wright include Boston, Sacramento, Minnesota again, and Denver. I mean, look, with Minnesota, we mentioned just like with Tyus Jones, they really needed a backup point guard. Um, it's pretty evident how much they need it, being that they are listed as uh, teams interested in both the Wizards point guards. Um, and then you got a team like Sacramento that could use some guard depth if they don't really feel comfortable throwing Davion Mitchell out there. Um, I could see that. Boston's always thirsty for more talent, especially defensively. Um, and then you got Denver, who who's just kind of looking to, you know, methodically play around with picks and, and get as many good pieces as they can. I feel like they, they're a team with, you know, second-round picks to, to spare. They don't really need them. They don't honestly need their first-round picks. But, you know, you can just throw one of the, the second-round picks out there and try to get, get a defender of DeLon's caliber. Um, so if I had to bank on that, I think those two are definitely gone. Um, and obviously – I want to preface that by saying I have absolutely no idea. Um, I'm a fan. I don't have sources. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I know as much as anybody listening to this episode. But based on all the reports I've read, whether it be from Hoops Hype, ESPN, The Athletic, uh, it just it seems like moving on from Jones and Wright make the most sense. Not only for Jones and Wright, for, for, the, for their futures, but for the Wizards as well. Um, moving on from, from the two-point guards, we go to a shooting guard, and, that, and that's Landry Shamit. It's been it's been pretty weird considering Shamit's been dealt I think four times in his five year career and yet reports on his availability have been radio silent thus far. That doesn't necessarily mean that he won't get dealt at Thursday's deadline. I just I'm hesitant to say that he will 
just because I've I've le I've legitimately heard nothing. And that could be because he's not a household name and nobody's really looking into Landry Shamit rumors. But I've seen multiple posts about Killian Hayes and Killian Hayes sweepstakes. So if fucking Killian Hayes can get a post, I think I honestly deserve a post as well about my availability. Um, but Landry Shamit's only making 10 mil this year. He's got a non-guaranteed $11 million next year, and then the following year is an option for the team. So, I mean, it's essentially an expiring deal. But look, he's only 26 years old. He's a great shooter. He's a decent defender. It's not far-fetched that the Wizards hold on to Landry and then decide to pick up his guarantee next year. They'll have unlimited cap space. He's only 26. It's not, like I said, it's not far-fetched to, to think they might value him as a part of this team's future. Um you know, when you're rebuilding, just because you have guys that are on veterans on expiring deals doesn't mean you have to move them. You could very well like their skill set and, and value them as a role player um, for this team. You know, you can't I feel like you can't really rebuild with just straight up young, young players and not have any veterans around them to, you know, help them play basketball the right way. And I think keeping DeLon Wright could help with that. I think keeping Landry Shamit could help with that as well. Um, however, like I said, contending teams are always thirsty for more shooting and especially thirsty for that when when that guy can play defense as well. And I think Shamit's shown his worth uh, on the perimeter defensively and offensively in his in his five-year career. Um, has played a, a lot of playoff games, has good playoff experience, and can come in and, and a, in a bench role and really help out with the contending team. I think in terms of his value, a second-round pick pretty similar to, to um, DeLon Wright you know, kind of makes sense here. Um, I mean, you think, you know, you got him from the Brad trade. It was basically a salary filler. If you could get a second round pick or two from him, it's just adding to the value of that Bradley Beal trade. So, again, uh, I look, I don't think the Wizards have that many assets that, that they're willing to move at least um, that can really garner that much. But look, second round picks are picks uh, at the end of the day. So I'll take it. That leaves us that leaves us with possibly where this deadline could swing for the Wizards, where it could come and resurrect itself from from the death. And that's Daniel Gafford. That's the center position. Daniel Gafford has been with the Wizards since the 2020 season after a midseason trade uh, with the Chicago Bulls that sent Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner uh, to Chicago um, for for Daniel Gafford. He's been lights out since then. A great lob threat, great rim protector, rebounds well. You know, very athletic type of big. The downside is he gets bullied by some of the bigger guys like Jokic and Embiid, but who the fuck doesn't? Um, he's also been left on an island all season. Before Bagley got there, his fucking front court mates were Danila Gallinari's 38-year-old uh, as in then fucking um, Mike Muscala. Like, you can't expect him when you throw him on an island to do any type of, of things there. Um, so I think for the most part, he's been great this year. He's pretty much averaging career highs across the board. Uh, I think he leads the NBA in field goal percentage, so very efficient around the rim. Uh, but look, he's drawn a lot of interest from several contenders. And when big men are at a premium in today's NBA, really, really good big men, you need... You don't need really good big men to stop them, but you need that size to at least attempt to. Um, and and in, in an Eastern Conference, 
loaded with with Joel Embiid and Kristaps Porzingis, Bam Adebayo, Brook Lopez. Um, if you're a team like the Knicks, you can't just sit there with Isaiah Hardenstein and Jericho Sims and be like, yeah, I feel pretty confident that we can stop Embiid or I'm pretty pretty confident we can stop KP. You can't. Um, and even the Sixers now with Joel Embiid being out reportedly a month or two, you're going to need some help, honestly, even to get you to the playoffs and to avoid that play-in in a competitive Eastern Conference. The Sixers and Knicks have, have really opened their championship windows. The Sixers are kind of near the end of theirs. The Knicks are kind of in the middle, I guess, or the beginning of theirs. You can't really play around with these seasons. You can't just have these great starts, and then because your center is out for a long time, uh, Mitchell Robinson being the center out for New York, you have to you know, adjust to that. You have to make some trades. And I think trading for a center for, for both the Knicks and the Sixers makes sense. Um, and I honestly think out of all the centers that are rumored to be available, Gafford is the best. Uh, maybe Andre Drummond is a close second, but even then I, I would still take Gafford all day. Um, now, the Wizards keeping Gafford is still much, still very much an option. Uh, he's only 25. He's in year one of a three-year team-friendly deal. I believe it's three years for like $42 million or something. Very team-friendly deal. Um, so there's no incentive to really move on from him unless someone blows you away. I like Gafford. I think he's not only a great player, but he's a great person. Seems like a great personality to have on this team. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's far fetched to say that he could be, you know, a center on this team for the future. But there are problems in terms of, you know, him not really getting up into that upper echelon of centers. Um, and look, if you get a first round pick for Daniel Gafford, I, I, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't, I don't know what to do. If I'm Michael Winger or or Will Dawkins, and, and Philadelphia comes to me and says, hey. I really need Daniel Gafford right now with Joel Embiid out. I will give you my 2024 unprotected first round pick. And and I will also give you Furkan Korkmaz to fill the salary. And then we're good from there. I, I don't know what you do there. I really like Gafford. I think he's been great here in his time in D.C. Uh, but it's it's so hard to to pass up on, on that first round pick. That's, that's probably the the most value you're ever going to get for a guy like Daniel Gafford. Um, and if if you don't see Gaff as a part of your future, if you're the Wizards and you like a lot of the, the, the big men in this upcoming draft and you really like Marvin Bagley and what he might be able to do, you say, look, uh, it might be time to move on from Gafford. Um, and look, that's why I don't get paid to be a GM. I get paid to speculate and be a fan. And and these, these guys... Um, Michael Winger and Will Dawkins get paid the big bucks to make these difficult decisions. And and look, if you are sat there and you don't trust Michael Winger and Will Dawkins as a Wizards fan right now, uh, look, I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what to tell you. These guys came in here and solved a years long problem of Bradley Beal getting paid way too much money and not bringing any type of success to this team. Uh, they moved him right away. That was the first thing they did. Moved him. Then they moved KP because they knew he wouldn't be a part of our future. And then they made some smaller trades and traded Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. And I know Jordan Poole hasn't worked out, but I'd still make that trade 10 times out of 10. And you picked up a first-round pick protected at that, but still, you picked up a first-round pick. You picked up Patrick Baldwin Jr. 
he picked up some guys that might that might be able to, to, to make a name for themselves. Offer Chris Paul, who you would have cut or bought out. Uh, I have I full trust in, in Michael Winger and I full trust in, in Will Dawkins to to you know get this rebuild going and and if you don't I I don't necessarily know I don't necessarily know what to tell you. I talked about the teams expected to show interest for for Daniel Gafford and I think three are really in the running. I think Dallas is, but. That might have to be a package, you know, if they do end up moving a guy like Kyle Kuzma or, you know, packaging him with Tyus Jones or DeLon Wright. Uh, but I think the two main contenders here are New York and Philadelphia. If I had to speculate on what I think a trade between the Wizards and Knicks would look like for Gafford, um, I think Gafford goes to New York. And I think Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier in the 2024 first round pick via the Knicks, not the Wizards own pick, the one that the Knicks have. Um, the Knicks' own first-round pick goes back to Washington. I put this trade out in an article about two weeks ago. Knicks' Twitter absolutely flamed me for it. Um, but now Knicks' Twitter thinks Quentin Grimes sucks. They know Evan Fournier sucks. I um, mean, Gafford is good. So who's laughing now? Uh, and then for a trade with Philly, I would expect it to include one of Mo Bamba or Paul Reed. Just, you know, it would make sense if Philly is trying to send back some salary. They do one of the centers that would be out of the rotation anyway. Um, and then, you know, maybe a young player like Jaden Springer to entice the Wizards and obviously that first round pick uh, for Philly unprotected as well. It could be that Clippers pick that they got in the Harden trade. It could be their own. But if I had to absolutely guess, I, I just I don't think I don't think the Wizards move on from Gafford. I think they've had too many problems at center this season and, and the entire product on the floor would be absolutely terrible if you were throwing out Marvin Bagley and and Patrick Baldwin Jr. as your bigs every night. You can't do that. So that leaves me with the final part. And, and if you read my article on Bullets Forever uh, about just, you know, updating the uh, Wizards fans on all the latest trade rumors, Kyle Kuzma was listed as one of the names I could see moved, but I put asterisks uh, around it. Uh, and for good reason. This is probably the most polarizing asset that the Wizards have. Uh, mainly because yes, he's been generating league interest. Uh, you know, well, uh, league wide, he's been generating interest. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere, and neither do a lot of insiders. I mean, Woj said on the Woj podcast, "quote They're not trying to trade Kuzma. He's happy with the Wizards. The Wizards love Kuzma. He really likes that organization." End quote. I mean, that seems pretty basic. You know, from the the league's top insider, that Kuz isn't going anywhere. Um, Mike Scotto of Hoopsype. Um, reported that Washington's asking price has remained multiple first-round picks, and they're not budging on that. Uh, the Athletic then reported that that's not true, and it's more so a, maybe a first-round pick and, and maybe some seconds and, and young players. Um, no matter which report you decide to believe, I mean, Washington obviously has a strong relationship with Kuz. Um, and one thing I'll say about this is it would be really bizarre for Kuz to take meetings with multiple teams in free agency teams like the Kings. I think he took a meeting with the Pacers as well, maybe the Mavericks and then turn around and say, you know what? I don't like those, those opportunities. I want to resign with Washington. And it's not like he got some unreal deal. He got a pretty, you know, team friendly deal. Great for Kuz, but also great for the team. Um, and then for, for him to, for the Wizards to just turn around seven months later and trade 
and trade him. Uh, I just that that didn't that wouldn't make sense, and I I don't think it would make sense for Kuz. Why would you re-sign here just to get dealt? And if you're the Wizards, why are you? Well, if for the Wizards it would make sense, but it would mean that they kind of didn't tell or communicate, I guess, with Kuz. Like, look, we we really could trade you here. Um, you know, maybe you know you don't want to re-sign. And and look, I don't know. I could be speculating, but I don't think that's good practices when you're first taking over a team and you talk about trying to you know build a better culture you know you sign someone you tell him he's going to be here long term and then you trade him seven months later i don't i don't think that makes sense and and i don't think it reflects well on the culture you're trying to build here i think kuz wants to be in dc long term i think the wizards brass does as well so i don't i just i don't see him going anywhere i don't think it makes much sense for either party um and like I said, Woj pretty much said exactly what I said on the Woj pod. Uh, he has a great relationship with Kuz. He already, I think, he had Kuz on the Woj pod a couple of uh, of months ago, I think. So, yeah, I, I just I don't see I don't see that happening. And look, there's been reports teams like the Kings and the Mavericks have been reported as interested. Um, you know, they have multiple for I think the Mavericks only have one first I think that they can offer. But I know the Kings have two definitely that they could offer for Kuz. Uh, the the trade offer that I've seen that's enticed me the most has been from the Kings. It's Davion Mitchell, um, Kevin Herter, and two unprotected first-round picks, one in 2026 and one in 2028. I mean, that that move would check all the boxes. You have the salary filler and Herter to counteract Kuzma. And Herter being on, I think he's on an expiring deal, which is perfect. Davion Mitchell, a young player only in year three that you could develop into a great player. Um and then you get two first-round picks. Not only are they unprotected, but they're not in the 2024 draft, which is what the Wizards want. Uh, this would this would be a home run deal. For the Kings, I think it would be the dumbest thing that they could do. Uh, but look, the Kings, are pretty much they pretty much run back the exact same team as last year. Uh, a team that got uh, knocked out in round one by the Warriors. Uh, I don't... I mean, they were they were rumored to be involved in, in trades for for Siakam and, and Ananobi, but couldn't pull the trigger there. Well, I don't know what they're doing. Like your your championship window doesn't last forever, and to to run back the exact same team that lost in the first round that I don't think is honestly they've taken a step back. They were the two seed all of last year, and they're hovering around the four or five seed this year. Um, but I think if they do get desperate enough, and there's not a lot of stars available, they might pull the trigger on a Kuz deal. And I think if you're the Wizards, no matter what your intentions are when you signed Kuzma, if that offer of Herder, Mitchell, and two firsts unprotected comes across your desk, you absolutely have to accept it. That's the that's the maximum I think you're ever going to get for Kyle Kuzma, a guy that I don't necessarily think will be here long term in this rebuild. I mean, look, he's 28. Most of the guys on this team are, are you know, below 24 years old. That'll be here for the future. It is. It is. A very, it's entirely possible that Kuz takes a step and he's in his prime when the Wizards are good in two or three years. But it just it makes sense not only with the way they structured his contract, but but with the offers that they might get and with the lack of star movement at this deadline and the amount of desperate teams at this deadline, it makes so much sense for the Wizards to move on from Kuz if they get that offer. Now, look, I don't think they're going to get that offer. I think that would be a stupid trade for the Kings. I think the Mavericks need a lot more than just Kuzma. I mean, they can't defend anybody, any type of forward. The Mavericks can't defend. I mean, Giannis goes off against them. 
KD goes off against them. They need they needed OG or they needed Pascal, and they decided not to do that. So, look, I I don't think Kuzma gets moved. I honestly would put it at like less than fifteen percent chance that Kyle Kuzma gets dealt. Um, but if you do get an offer of multiple first round picks, I think you have to take it. It's the same thing with Gaff. If you get a first, and look, I like Kuz and I like Gaff. But that's the part of the rebuild that sucks. By the time the Wizards are good, most of the guys that you're currently seeing on on this roster will not be here. Um, and that's just kind of the name of the game with rebuilding. I, th- I think, you know, better just kind of move on now if you get the most you, you honestly can for. And look, if you don't trade Kuz and Gafford, I, I would assume you didn't get what you wanted. You didn't get a first-round pick for Gaff. You didn't get multiple firsts and some young assets for Kuz. And that's fine by me. All I want out of this out of this deadline is is Tyus and Delon and Landry Shamit to be moved and to get as much as you can in return because Kuzma and Gaff are under contract. They can be here next year, but the absolute worst thing would be losing one of those three guys I just mentioned for absolutely nothing. Getting nothing in return um and letting them walk in free agency. Which is why, like, look, if you trade Tyus Jones for multiple second round picks, yeah, it sucks. I'd rather have a first, but you could have nothing. So I'll take my second round picks. Uh, but that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for for this episode. Just kind of more of an informative type of episode. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you're a little more caught up to date with everything that's happening in terms of the trade rumors and in terms of trades for the Wizards world. Um, I be on the lookout on Thursday. The deadline ends at three exactly. At three exactly, I'll be live on Twitter. I'll do a Twitter Spaces. Um, where you can come in and, and listen. I'll probably give a rant about what we do. Hopefully it's a good rant this time. Because last year when I gave my rant, it was about Tommy Shepard doing absolutely fucking nothing at the deadline. Uh, when the Wizards, I think, were 26 and 30 or something. They were absolutely terrible. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, if you obviously come, I get through every single person uh, that requests so you can speak as well if you'd like to come and, and speak. But I'll probably put out on Wednesday um, like a save the date type of thing for three. Um, so, yeah, feel free to be on the lookout for that. Um, and, yeah, hopefully hopefully Michael Winger and Will Dawkins show their, you know, why they were hired here in the first place. Um, they begin this rebuild. I feel like the rebuild is kind of separated to stages. You got the draft, which is absolutely vital for a team like the Wizards. You have you know, free agency where you're not really active and then you have the trade deadline and everything else is kind of just, you know, blah, like the, especially the rest of the season, you're not really watching for much except for blah. It's kind of boring. There's no, you know, excitement around the team, but this is the most exciting time when, you know, some of the veterans could get moved and you can get some really good returns and, and, and get some really good picks and players back. So very excited time to lock in for this deadline. Uh, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you're all caught up to date. Uh, and yeah, I appreciate everyone for, for listening as always. It's going to do it for this episode. Be on the lookout for the Twitter spaces uh, Thursday at 3 p.m. when the deadline ends. That's going to do it. Go is.